Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello folks, we're all very welcome back to the Talk from the Terrace on Celtic Fanzine TV and also on audio on the Celtic Soul podcast. Uh, if, just, if you're viewing it for the first time or listening in, please hit the subscribe button, the follow button, leave a comment and hit the alarm button so you never miss an episode on the YouTube channel and we're also available across all the podcast platforms, Acast, Apple, Spotify, or whatever your pl- preferred platform is, but please give us a, a like, a follow, a comment on whatever you can do and we'd really appreciate that uh, today I'm joined again by a good old friend and I'm sure he's as happy as me today back to Celtic Park last night we were Matt McGlone from the Alternative View editor of the Alternative View author and also producer of some half decent t-shirts Matt you're very welcome back to Talk From The Terrace how are you? Top of the world <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing how uh, a Celtic victory can lift you um, it has over the years and it continues to do so even in my older, greyer age um, but I just felt that when it was announced that fans were back into football last week, there was a real resurgence, you could see people couldn't wait for last night to come and uh, it was just brilliant, everything was made for last night, you know the new guys two of the new guys starting the third one coming on and I think before the break, I think we had all sort of thought of we can keep in touch because when I say keep in touch, only because we were very short on players, you know, we knew we had to get new players in and we felt if we could keep in touch up until New Year, then there was a real belief, a total belief in Celtic fans' mind that with the confidence that Ange has brought into the club and the feel-good factor, we all feel as one again that if we got to the New Year period, that once we started, we'd really be rocking. And it, and it came true last night. And, uh, I mean, right now, we can't wait for the next game to start. Yeah, it's, it was... There was a kind of a lovely buzz, Matt, um, in the airport yesterday um, with different supporters clubs and... You know, we having a couple of points before the... I actually nearly missed the flight because we were last on the plane, but we got on, you're walking down the plane and, you know, you have the Nave Park boys from Dublin, boys from Tipperary, Limerick, Cork, Galway, Leitrim. Like, like, almost every county 
from I suppose Dublin down because the, the, the northern clubs travel on the boat and they were they were over in big numbers as well. I bumped into a lot of the Belfast boys, but the whole day was just you know it was it was like it was our Christmas because Christmas was so quite especially for us in Ireland because we we've got uh, an eight o'clock curfew if you're going out for points so you're yourself and a night doesn't end at eight o'clock so this was we were all out thoughts were trained on you know the restrictions being lifted fans being back mm-hmm. in the stadiums and and we don't have, now we had to get an ancient test you know in December and that's scrapped now as well so that's one less hassle and just to get back Matt last night even the walk up to Celtic Park you know bumping into old faces and everybody was I had that kind of I had like a European a big European night feel you know and you, you don't get that on a on a Sunday at, you know at lunchtime or even three o'clock on the Saturday just there's something special about Celtic Park under the lights yeah, no, it was marvellous. And uh, talking about an eight o'clock drinking curfew in, in Ireland, I heard your curfew was eight o'clock this morning in Scotland. Well, we, I have to say, I have to <laughs> so say, somebody told me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, it was just great, and they uh, thoroughly enjoyed it last night. Uh, Celtic's football was scintillating, to be honest with you. The way they were moving the ball about, and uh, you know, they were moving in packs. Celtic seem to move up the park in three and fours. And there's always a player available if something goes wrong, they lose the ball. And, you know, chatting after the game, saying to my son, you know, you think that, you know, Hitati and Maida and uh, Isiguchi, you would think that they had been there for months. You know, people saying, well, don't even seem to be settling. And they seem to be just going on the park and, and running the show. And, uh, you know, I mean, Hatati was just amazing in midfield. Every ball that was going through him, nothing faced him. He didn't look overawed. The occasion didn't look too big for him. He just looked like, this is my pitch. I'm going on here. I'm so proud to wear this jersey. I'm really just going to do it. And he did. And that all must be down to Ange, I'm sure, at Lennox Town. He's had these guys in for maybe less than two weeks. And it, they must be doing exactly what he's telling them in training, they're short passing, moving, no lumping up the park, no big balls, no giving the ball away. We're moving and controlling the game. And uh, I, I think Hibs looked exhausted by half time, trying to just keep up with Celtic. Yeah, Matt, the first half um, was, as you say, scintillating. It was great to watch. And as well as that, like the new boys, you know, all the speculation before the game was, you know, who'll start, who won't start. You know who's going to who's going to have to make way, and the two of them that we thought that would start did is Hatate and, and Mieda, but like they must have been impressed when they came out. To, you know, you'll never walk alone, and I I didn't even even last night I didn't feel it until I actually watched it back today on the TV, and I went wow that gave me goose goosebumps, mm-hmm. and they must have thought, yeah. yeah, I think we might have made the right move coming here because this is. Hi. This, this, if, if this is what it's like every week, it's great. And then, and then Hibs, you know, Hibs come out of the blocks, bang, almost score. And you're going, mm-hmm. you know, you're just taking your seat and then you're out of your seat. Made it. Must be his first touch, was it? I know. Uh, no, it, was, it was a wonderfully worked goal. I mean, we actually robbed one of their players of the ball down the right-hand side. Roger puts the ball over and you can watch that goal from Maida as many times as you want. He just knows exactly where he's going to put it and he doesn't even take a second to look. 
the ball comes, hits it first time, doesn't even look down, look up, he knows exactly what he's doing, and the keeper has got no chance because of the speed he hit the ball. You know, not an enormously hard shot, but just the, by movement of thought and body, the way he hits it, it was in the back of the net before the keeper even knew about it. Um, yeah, it, it was Celtic were just great, and okay, you know, the second half, no more goals, but I mean, we, we missed a few chances, but there was never a feeling that, you know, if Hibs scored, we're going to be under pressure. You know, I, I think Celtic can up their game when they have to. And we can all shout for more goals. We all want more goals, obviously. But, you know, 2 nothing was good. And uh, Celtic just controlled the second half. And as I say, can't, can't wait to the next game. Yeah, the second half was probably... Oh, yeah, we were. You know, let's be honest. We wanted more goals, but they were very comfortable. The second yeah. half substitutions, Matt the bench. How <laughs> how joyous was it when the team was announced that the first thing you were looking at was see if the Japanese boys were in. You know, all excited about seeing them making their debuts. But you looked at the I looked at the bench then and they went they went to me mate and says, Look how strong that bench is, you know. <laughs> like when you think back to the night we left um Paisley and we're scratching our head but you know how who threadbare the, the squad was <laughs> and then even against St Johnson. And then you, you know, you get all the big boys back, and Joe, like Joe Hart mm-hmm. last night, like he, he, he probably won't have an easier game. Mm-hmm. Going for seven. Yeah, he came out and played the ball at one point. You remember that one? <laughs> um, now you're talking about, uh, you know, St. Mirren there. I was at that game uh, just before Christmas, and uh, you know, comparing it to last night, you're talking about the excitement, the build-up, the the the, the feel-good factor of that game coming. And in the stadium, you just knew it was going to happen. Throw it back to the game at, uh, at St Mirren. And it's just one of those nights. Nothing went right. Celtic get bogged down. The, the, the void of ideas. You could obviously tell the team need, needed freshened up. That night, you, tell, you could tell it wasn't going to happen. Last night, you knew it was going to happen. And I think it's just the, you know, the importance of the event. The Celtic players know exactly what it's all about. They know what they're chasing here, and uh, you know I'm pretty, I'm pretty strong that we'll get this league. Yeah, look, confidence before Christmas. You know, may said he coming home, won the games. He says, "Look, I don't think we're going to do it this year." He says, "I don't, you know, I want us to do it. I hope we do it." But he said, "I just, you know, I just don't think so." And I said to him last night, "Well, he's a bit more sure that he says, yeah, he should like." We now have a team like Kyogo was missing last night, but he wasn't missed. That's yeah. before that's, that's before Christmas. Jota as well. You know, you're, you're pulling your hair out if if you know Kyogo. Jota's back, right? What what a welcome he got back on the pitch. You know, he, know. He, like, you know, you feel sorry for some of the other players, like because he just. I, he, I think, I think after Ange and Kyogo, everyone's in love with him. You know, there's a lot of man love going on for Jota. <laughs> There is, there is probably last night because the um, the decibel welcoming for the substitute spread like that. <laughs> I'm not going to mention. I don't want, like picking yeah, on it, players. It, 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 only, it would be know, unfair, man. <laughs> it would be unfair, yeah, because they're all wearing the jersey and they're all trying their best. Um, yeah, no, uh, brilliant. Uh, everything last night happened, and as you say, I was sitting watching the game. I said to my son, "You know, we're playing here without Kyogi and Yota." And this is great. You know, obviously they'll get into the team, but you're thinking, where do they fit in here? Uh, and that worry 
of pre-Christmas there when we didn't have a great pool of players uh, when Yota was out and uh, Kyogi was out and then he was back and then he got injured again. You were sort of, as you said there, depending on these one or two guys. Now we seem to have a plethora of players sitting on the bench ready to come on. Yeah, and it's incredible as well. It's incredible to look at the team now and look at the transformation. Like there's very few players left from last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, very few. Well, well, yeah, very few. But there's a few in the background who are not going to get a game. You know, we really have to shift um, players out. I have to say, you know, um, I know Boyle has been linked with Celtic and Fasm aware there hasn't been any connection made with him. But he's a very strong runner and he's a, he's a speedy player. He would be an asset for us. Um, I know people are saying, well, at 3 million, he's 29, I think he is. But, you know, th- this league is very important. You know, this league is worth an awful lot of money and I wouldn't be thinking Celtic should be worried too much about how much they're spending if they can get the big prize at the end getting into the Champions League. Yeah. But Boyle is one of these players, he's quick off the mark and I think he'd be... He'd fit right into our team. Yeah, no, there was, oh, lo- there was loads of talk of him going to over to Saudi Arabia or over that way for, you know, right. life-changing money for him. But yeah. I, when, when I seen him last night, I went, you know, maybe there's something else in the cards here because surely if they were going to make so much money on him, they wouldn't be risking him in the game. You know? Yeah. Well, from his point of view, you know, if he wants to move, then the cameras are on. And if he wants to move to Celtic, then obviously I'm just standing watching him. But I felt his pace and his slick movement um, is was and could be the type of player that we could be looking for up front. We're going to have to shift somebody out, um, obviously. Um, but well, just my faith is in Ange. You know, just whatever Ange thinks has got to be done go with it because he's guided us this far and he's been backed and um, hopefully he might be backed a bit more but uh, you know Ange knows because on the training ground people are saying well young Henderson should he or shouldn't he have been let go well I mean we're not at training you know we don't see what happens at training and uh, you know we put our trust in the manager he's got us this far that kid wouldn't have made the bench last night let's be honest yeah that's it you know, correct, you know, he wouldn't have been on the bench. When you look at the player on his own, you think he's not a bad player, but would he get into Celtic's team just now? No, as you say, struggling to get on the bench. No, like The manager that. knows when he's on at training. You know, we, we can, we're all great managers, you know, sitting in front of screens. But, um, you know, what actually goes on day-to-day in training is, uh, is the manager's choice there. Yeah, like that, that son of the Japanese players in so early in the window as well you know this this was the, and he said in one of the press conferences that he was working on the deals from the day the summer window closed so you know that just gives you so much confidence but like, I've I've been critical of, of our board but if they backed them like this you know and like let's face it these players wouldn't be here without Ange you know we, we oh. since Nakamura we haven't really dipped into that market Um and we may have looked, but we, we certainly didn't bring anyone in. And now you have a man who is looking. And at another press conference, Matt, you mentioned um, that he was what he was interested in players in Iran, Australia, and um, Japan. You know, the, the, like Neil Lennon wouldn't have been looking that way. Uh, Brendan Rodgers wouldn't have been looking that way. So now we have someone with a fresh kind of approach. And like 
none of the Japanese players looked out like looked out of touch. We didn't get we didn't get to see much of, of Gucci. But Hatati and they're talking like we paid a million for him. You know, <laughs> like it, it's you know you feel guilty, don't you? <laughs> Give more money. <laughs> apparently the three players was five million or something, like, you know. Like, uh, no, it, it's it's wonderful. And after the start Kyogi made, I think we all all well, most of us upped our mind as to these guys were on the same standard. Now, that's a lot of pressure to put on players to expect them to come in because there was no pressure on Kyogi because we knew absolutely nothing about him. But when we saw how he played and now we see how the other three are playing, we start thinking they're pretty much up there as well. Early days, obviously. But, you know, what we saw last night was great. Yeah. Uh, and, and you see Ange knows that market inside out. And uh, he has been backed um, today. And... Um, he seems to be quite happy with his backroom team that were there. I know uh, a lot of the backroom staff have been getting it tight from a lot of people, but again, you have to trust the manager. He's the guy who works with them, and if, uh, if he's happy with them, then fair enough. It's quite amazing when you think about it. All you know, across the road, you know, Gio came in with his, you know, his army, a backroom team, and you know, um, Eddie Howe didn't want to come because he couldn't get his army together. <clears throat> Ange came in on his own, didn't know a soul, looked at the guys there and sort of thought, well, I'm going to try and work with these people. I mean, it is quite amazing what he's achieved, you know, coming in on his own and got everybody galvanised. I mean, the feel-good factor around Celtic Park just now is an absolute premium. It's fantastic. You can imagine what it must be like in the dressing room and in the training grounds. When they see all the hard work they're doing in the training ground coming off on the pitch like last night, the way Celtic play, it's a system. They must be in there at 9 o'clock in the morning at Lennox Town to whenever they leave and they're working this way, that way, this is the way you do it, this way, that way. And they don't deviate from it. And that's why I think the three players that came in last night look so comfortable because they've been playing like that for weeks and weeks in training. And it's great to see. Yeah, Matt, um, did, uh, did I see the tweet from a girl, young girl yesterday? Um, well, when I say young, maybe in her 20s or, or 30s, and she says, uh, I can't wait to see the big sexy tonight. And it was a picture of Angela. Like, like, you know, like, he just seems to have, like, everybody seems to, you know, be on the end train. Everyone is, is buzzing about this man. And as you say, he came in with nobody. Like, I, I've just a picture of him just, you know, rocking up to Lennox Town with his toothbrush and going, right, this is me. Let's go, let's go and play some football. Like, you know, put them two jumpers down there. They'll do us goalposts. And, and, you know, just like, you know, I mean, people are bumping into him down the shop getting a pint of milk. Like, you know, like, Aye. No, he's, uh, Everybody that bumps into him, they look like it's Christmas Day, but they've just met the Messiah. And uh, Ange looks really happy to meet fans. And, uh, you know, you and I have been brought up with us. He hasn't. He's seen Celtic from afar. He said he'd picture a kind of leash in his wall and he looked out for Scottish results, etc. But he's only come in and been totally immersed into what we are into from the outside. And, you know, he's really taken it on. And, uh, you know, if I was to leave tomorrow, I'd be absolutely distraught, <laughs> to tell you the truth. I don't know if that's man love, but whatever it is. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll, be a day, there'll be a day of mourning. 
I'll tell you what, Celtic didn't miss a trick with those jumpers. <laughs> he took off the track and he put on just a big dark jumper. You know, two minutes later, Celtic have got the badge on it. <laughs> Everybody's posting at Christmas time. Oh, got an orange jumper at Christmas. <laughs> People from 15 to 75 have got an orange jumper for Christmas. <laughs> Aye, there was all just thrown away the, the stone iron gear and, and the ball break caps and putting on orange jumpers. <laughs> That's right, crew necks are back in again. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, if a man can bring a jumpers like that back into fashion, and make them make them trick uh, me again. There's, there's no end to this man's right. talent. <laughs> exactly, you know. He's a you know he's a fashion guru as, as well as a as a Celtic leader. That's brilliant. I've got to say I don't have an inch jumper. I'm very disappointed. My children at Christmas didn't get me one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to read my own dad's uh, watch up to see if one fits me. <laughs> Just get any old dark colour jumper there. They sort of look dark blue or black. Just get a Celtic badge on it and you're an Angeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big kid is a kid, kids going to fancy dresses dressed as Ange. <laughs> but but Matt, the one thing I know was last night about the, 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 the visit. It's great, look, great to have away fans in the ground as well. Great, to, great to have fans back from because you know it adds to something when you get away fans. But they were singing last night, cheer, cheery out to ten in a row, like no. I, I was taking a look. Has that just come up something better than that? Well, well, from Edinburgh, you know. So, sorry, everybody from Edinburgh. <laughs> There's a lot of good people from Edinburgh. Let me tell you, uh, that was a flippant, a flippant remark. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, yeah, you'd think they would come up with something better than that. You know, tender row. I mean, that actually, doesn't hurt us anymore, does it? <laughs> You know, it actually hurts at the time, but you know, if somebody sings it to you now, it's just like, well, you're putting a zero effect in me because you know, I've I've suffered it, pal. It's done. It's gone. It's gone for me now. You know, I'm not going to lose any more sleep over it. And 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 we're two up, and we're playing yourself the park. Say that again. We're two, we're two nil up, and we're playing you off the park. So you know, try a bit Aye, harder. Still singing Cheerio ten in a row. Let's I mean, try harder. No, listen, I know Matt right because uh, <laughs> we've all got stories about ten in a row. But um, you, you, you've you've a good one, I know, about uh, a, a Rangers player. So um, yeah, well, let's go, let's go back into the into the alternative view vaults. And uh, get a story because we had a great, great laugh the last time you were on about the uh, European, uh, your some European yeah, antics, uh, the the Russians and the KGB. Yeah, I just threw myself back twenty odd years here. Um, I remember the uh, season ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, I think yeah, Rangers were going for ten in a row, and we had been really struggling. You know, you had to you had to take over back in ninety four, and it was back into Celtic Park and everything was changed. Change was still happening in the 90s um, in the Celtic fan and we desperately had to stop them doing 10 in a row. Remember Ibrox, Richard Goff scored a header at the Celtic end and he ran away and he's going like that to the government stand like 10. A lot of people remember that. Anyway, I try not to remember it but by a quirk of fate, this is quite strange, I met two people that day uh, he was one of them <laughs> um, I was doing a Celtic road show down in South London 
and uh, I had the league championship trophy with me uh, that year. And Celtic said, no matter where you go, out of the hotel or, or go for a coffee or whatever, you have to take the trophy with you. Don't leave it anywhere whatsoever. So I think we got down there about half twelve, one o'clock. I'm thinking the roadshow doesn't start till eight o'clock. And we're sitting about in the hotel with this trophy. Can't go anywhere. So I actually phoned up Crystal Palace and um, Wimbledon were playing their home games at Crystal Palace, Selhurst Park, um, because Plough Lane had been closed down. And I remember walking in, I phoned him up and I just said hi, told my name um, from Celtic. I've got the league championship trophy here. Any chance you could come in and get corporate facilities and you could look after the cup for us while we drink your drink and watch the game? And they said, yeah, okay. <laughs> Nothing like a good hard neck. And uh, I've got to say, I was even surprised at that. But, you know, it's a, it's a thing in life. If you don't ask, you don't get. And there's a walk in the door at Selhurst Park. Um, I wasn't even thinking about Richard Goff. But to the right-hand side of the front door was a big sort of glass wall. And inside there was the players who weren't playing that day. And I think it was uh, Wimbledon who were playing Nottingham Forest. And I suppose Richard Goff, and I've just suddenly came to me that I've got the league championship trophy, and he's given it that. And uh, obviously, we have got the trophy. So I chat the window. He's like, he looked like a ghost. He turned round, and I thought, I'm sure he got a mouth. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he came round. And uh, by this time, I'm in a total lie. I'm just like, ah, oh, gaga, just loving it. Got him on toast right here in front of me. Got a league championship trophy. I remember you going like that. And he came round. I've got to say, he took it well. He said, uh, where the fuck did you get that? <laughs> and I explained to him. And he said to me, I've got to tell you, he said, when I was doing that, I wasn't doing 10. I was saying, um, lift, I was saying to lift the stadium, lift, roar, lift the roar, whatever. And by that time, you could have told me anything. I'm just in the mood, not even listening to him. I said, yeah, very good. So you did. Yeah, very good. I, so you did. And he's going, no, honestly, I did. I'm going, yeah, very good. So you did. I'm just like, totally <laughs> carried away. And I'm just standing there holding it like a baby in front of me. Oh, brilliant. And uh, what a great moment that was. But I've got to say, he was brand new. He, he took it well. And... Uh, I'm not sure even to this day if I believe him, if he said, you know, you know, lift the roar, if that's what he was meaning, you know, lift the atmosphere. So uh, anyway, further on, we went in, into the players' lounge, uh, sorry, into the corporate lounge, and um, the guy said, uh, do you want to take on to the pitch at half-time? And I said, nah, don't fancy, you know, a couple of guys to Glasgow, the Crystal Palace, you know, people don't know, or... Nottingham Forest and Wimbledon it was. Um, so anyway, we went out at halftime, we held the cup up and it's, you know, I'm, I'm muted. Yeah, who are they? So back into the lounge and put the trophy down this table they had put out. I've got, I have to say, Crystal Palace were fantastic. They really looked after us. You know, a couple of guys that just on the phone, you know, says, can we get in and drink your drink and eat your meal and can you look after the cup for us? And... Um, the, the film Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels had hadn't been out long, Guy Ritchie um, film. And uh, there was a guy in it called uh, Hatchet Harry and his name in real life is P.H. Moriarty. And he's quite a fearsome figure. I'd seen him and he'd been in Long Good Friday. 
a really great gangster British film from sort of 70s, 80s. Uh, he played a guy called Razor. He was uh, Bob Hoskins' sidekick. So he'd always played these kind of evil parts, and he had sort of one eye. And um, he walked over. This is my best London accent I'm doing here. And he goes, excuse me, mate, is that a real thing? And I said, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. And um, I get chatting away to him. And um, we swapped numbers. And to this day, um, we speak to each other on the phone once a month. And I had, I actually had him up at Celtic Park. I came back and asked Celtic at the time if they could, you know, give him some decent facilities for the day. And he came up and um, he, he just loved it. His, uh, his father was from Ireland and uh, he had acted in various parts. He was in the Jimmy Boyle film. Um, can't remember the name of it again. What was it? Uh, slipped my mind um, he was in that and he'd been up here quite a lot he was playing golf he played golf with Tommy Gemmell at one point he says up in Aberdeen and uh, he really knew a lot about Celtic uh, so I've been sending him t-shirts he's been getting pictures taken in them and sending them back up so he looks a bit like um, Dermot Desmond with the, the sort of moustache and the hair swept back and the day Celtic gave him corporate facilities <laughs> I was walking in the front door with him and a wee guy ran up to me and says, Mr. Dermot, could you sign my programme, please? <laughs> and he just, he just goes like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. And I says, I says, I said to him, what did you write on that? And he says, yeah, you fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's an absolute great guy. He's in his 80s now. Oh. And... Um, yeah, P.H. Moriarty, if nobody knows him, Google him. He's a great guy. And if you uh, YouTube uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, the Cubs, the Cubs scene, they're playing Cubs. He's, he's absolutely brilliant in that. Oh, but, uh, no, that, that, was, that, that was a day uh, down there doing a roadshow in South London that night. And those two events came out of um, Selhurst Park. Goff and Meeting and still a great friend to this day, P.H. Moriarty. Yeah, well, uh, Always uh, entertaining on these podcasts with your stories. Um, another, another sorry, good one. I was, sorry, I was swearing there, but it, that happened at the time. So look, look, you know that these things, these things get said in the heat, in the heat of the moment, and uh, I don't think any of our listeners or our viewers will, will will be too worried. Um, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, I hope you'll join us again for these updates. I always get some sense out of you and some perspective on things and like me you've got a smile on your face and just when I was when we landed on the plane when we came back the following morning from um, the Hibs game I just want to give a shout out to all the boys who travelled from like I'm only a half an hour 40 minutes away from the airport and we were just saying it when we were coming down the road in the car like like, we're home for breakfast and these lads had to drive to Cork, Limerick, Tip, and then over the west to Sligo and Galway mm-hmm. and Leitrim. And it just fair play to all the boys. And I look forward to seeing you again. And hopefully, um, I'll see a few mm-hmm. years uh, in Al- in Alawa because you can't beat in a way day in Alawa on on, on Saturday. Right. <laughs> no, did, Alawa, you know? It's going to be a great sky, that's for sure. <laughs> um, no, just what you're seeing there, the commitment of the Irish fans is fantastic. I mean. We take it for granted. I take it for granted, I suppose, you know, I can get a train into town and then walk it from the town up to Celtic Park and back, get my steps up, etc. Um, have a paint on the way. 
But, I mean, the Celtic fans that come from Ireland, the commitment is unbelievable. Getting ferries, buses, boats, early flights, etc. You see fans all over. I've got a lot of friends in Cork that travel over quite a lot. And, yeah, you know, I remember seeing the Nam Padre. It came over um, last year, not just last year, but it came over loads of times, probably every week. And... Um, they were all pictured outside the Sports Association offices in London Road. And I remember seeing that picture, and I was talking to you about it earlier, and I was just sort of looking and thinking, all those faces, there was dozens and dozens of them. They're all standing there, they've been up since about two in the morning, probably picking up fans on the way, etc. And it's an amazing commitment. And um, I just hope Celtic as a club sort of appreciate that, you know, that... No, it's just not local fans. The love for Celtic is all over the place and none other than Ireland, you know, I mean, where we our founder originated from. Yeah, and, and as, as well as that, all the buses from down south of England and up the north of Scotland and yeah. that, like, they, they, there's yeah. huge commitment. I bumped into Joe Cardle from Blackpool. Joe's a Glasgow boy, but he's, he's been living in Blackpool all his life. Um, I think he moved down as a teenager. And I bumped into Joe last night and he's a good character and, you know, Quick chat with mm-hmm. him at half time, and then so, so many great people follow Celtic. And uh, Aye. a couple no, of that's uh, amazing. That's amazing. I, I talk to Joe on Twitter quite a lot, and uh, as you say, north of Scotland, you know, south of England, north, south, east, west, they all come and see the boys. And uh, there's nothing better than the buzz we're getting right now. We've got to cherish this. This is to be cherished. These moments, I mean, I'm an old guy now. But I remember as a young boy that buzz feeling going with my dad, walking up to the games. My dad took me to all the games leading up to European Cup, um, all the home games. And I remember as a young boy walking up London Road and with the big floodlight pylons. And I thought, this is a theatre I'm going to. I'm going to a theatre here. You could wait to get back into school the next day and say, I was at the game last night. It was just, it was just that amazing feeling. And that buzz I had when I was less than 10 years of age to now, when I'm an old guy, it's still the exact same buzz. And, and to keep that throughout your life is when all the other things have gone on, you know, there's so many other distractions in life. To keep that buzz, we've got that buzz right now and let's hope we all cherish it. I know we do. Fans from afar travelling. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, when we had nothing, we had Celtic and we had, when we have Celtic, we have everything. Absolutely. Have you been reading books again? Uh, I don't know where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty good. <laughs> Aaron Boyle, watch out. <laughs> oh, Listen, brilliant. Uh, Matt, as I said, it's been a pleasure. Folks, uh, if, you, if you enjoy the podcast and enjoy what we do on the channel, just hit the subscribe, follow on the land mm-hmm. button. You'll never miss an episode. And if you want to buy your fans in, Matt, you can pick up Matt's alternative view in news agents and you can also buy more than 90 minutes. We have a new issue out this week. It's out on digital at the moment and we'll have the print copies in a book. I'd say tomorrow. Um, for, so we, if you want to buy a copy, just go online, CelticFansing.com, visit the shop and you'll see all the information there. Um, I think that's all. It, oh yeah, if you want to support us in any way, just visit the, visit the shop on the website or subscribe to the fanzines and that goes for Matt's alternative view, which I am a subscriber, I have to say. So Matt, I'll leave Indeed. the last word to you. Always believe. Believe in Celtic, believe in Ange. And I think we can do this. Let's go on that roller coaster right together. 
and we'll get there. Hail, hail, folks, and tune in the next time for the next episode with Matt McLaughlin. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>